0: Hey guys, welcome back to Art of the Float. We've got a really fun episode today talking about training employees. There's some revelations from everybody that I found really interesting, fun, and uh, I think very useful episode. Before we get into it, I want to give a few thanks. One to Helm, of course. Helm is the software designed for your float center specifically, not just for float tanks though anymore. Uh, Float Helm is designed now to handle massage, acupuncture, uh, any other services that you're offering in your float center. Float Helm can probably handle it, but uh, don't take my word for it. Go ahead and go to floathelm.com and schedule a tour. They'll actually get you on Skype. Walk you through it. Make sure it can handle everything that you need. Answer any questions that you have, and uh, they're really, really thorough. It's great. They'll they'll answer the the detailed questions. We've we've been there. So floathelm.com is where you want to go, and of course the float conference is coming up in Denver, September 26th and 27th. There's not a whole lot of time anymore. It's time to book your tickets, get your flights in, get it taken care of. If you're at all interested in starting a float center, this is an absolute must to get there. And meet people who are in the industry, get connections. There's there are great speakers, there's great information, but there is nothing like the networking event that is the Float Conference. It's incredibly important, and uh, for all of you old schoolers, come come <laughs> come out to Denver, say hello, let's uh, let's hug it out, let's share some beers, and uh, get this special event where like gosh, <sighs> running a Float Center is hard. It's tough. <laughs> And this is where we get to commiserate a little bit, share excitement, talk about our plans for the future, and, uh, again, buy each other some beers. FloatConference.com is where you want to go to check it out. Get your tickets. Here we go. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. I am one of your hosts, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm, and I'm just going to ballpark assume I have trained uh, 15 to 20 employees across eight years. Maybe that's a terrible guess, I don't know. I am Drew. I own New Hampshire Float in Londonderry, New Hampshire,
1: and I have trained about five people.
2: I and I was sleeping, thinking about how many people I was trying to know. I was literally doing the math. Um, I believe if I count the, from when I was 16 to where I am now, which I'm not telling you what that number is, probably 200 or so.
3: And I'm Kim Hannon. I own a Suki No Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana. And I have trained in the past 18 or so years at least 10,000 employees. Oh, what? that's what yes. I was expecting. Ooh. The bomb. Uh,
2: dot com 10, right
3: there. 10,000? <laughs> Damn. It's Is a
0: giant group? Like, I'm training 1,000 people at a time.
3: Yes, I've been involved in entire company-wide initiatives where we go through and, and train folks. And um, some of it's been repeat training. Um, some of it has been just new employee training. I've done software. I've done leadership skills. Um, Everything in between technical skills, sales skills, everything. And then um, in the consulting world, I continue that. And now um, I don't actually have the numbers, but some of the projects that I'm doing right now are being resold. And that's going to tens of thousands of people that I don't even have access to. So we
2: need the links to that. Let's let's get it up to a million. That's exciting.
3: I'm in twenty. twenty
0: twenty forty thousand yeah, just yeah. so you know i i misspoke earlier <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you train i including when i tr- train people at albertson's when i was like 17 you yeah. know that adds you know a good thirty
3: thousand. Right there. it does i mean i trained some folks when i was 14 16 too i think let's yeah. add three more you know wow so ladies
0: have some really big numbers here <laughs> all right um lot of experience let's uh let's just have drew and i sit back while you tell us how to train people um are you busy next week kim i have some i have some people i need
1: to help training
3: you know me too (laughs) me too um i'm i'm right there with you so
0: maybe we could just do some online training like hey this is how you check uh peroxide. this have an online uh repository so um Let's see here. Wow. I was such a big number. That's absolutely crazy. That's really cool. Um, and um, so, of course, all that experience means a ton, right? Like being able to train somebody, working with employees, all that means a ton. And then there's a different industry. And so yeah. now we're in the float world, different industry. Um, and and just so, so my ego can have some kind of respite, how many people have you trained since opening a float center?
3: Besides my husband um, <laughs> and slash partner, um, yeah. two, um, so two, okay. two yes. Oh, whew, thank God. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, thank we've been know. open for actually six months tomorrow. So, uh, wow, Congratulations. Yeah. thanks a lot to learn.
0: You feel like a veteran, uh, negative,
3: negative. negative. Okay. you know, it's, it's funny because I feel like we've kind of always done this, but there's always huh. something new to add on. And so when you're, you know, thinking about training employees, <laughs> trying to make sure that like, do they really need this? Do they not? Is this mm-hmm. for us? Is that for them? When do they need that? You know, yes. and, and um, I have been up to my eyeballs mapping out our training plan. Um, and it's funny, Dylan, because you said something about online training, and that's part of my plan is, you know, I, I specialize in online courses. I did years of in-person instructor-led workshops and um, did some some huge events and things, and I loved those Um, But I really, really love online training and a blended program that mixes, you Mm -hmm. know, job shadowing, that mixes online training modules. Um, And uh, I hate boring training. Um, That's actually like a rule. I don't do boring training. It's just not allowed. Data dumping isn't allowed. PowerPoint slides that just have bullet points (laughs) are the death of me. Well,
2: I'm Um, never coming to one of
3: your
2: classes. Because that's terrible no data slides that's awful
3: you no charts yeah no it's not data it's data dumping there's a difference like data data itself is good but (laughs) when you just take a buckload, you know a bucket load of information and dump it on people and expect them to walk away and remember it you know i mean studies show that people forget about 80 percent of what you say and so if you're just loading everything on them they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. So you got to be really strategic about spacing it out, about you know what you're delivering and when, and then how long is it until they get to apply it. And I'm nice. telling you, like,
0: nice. Well, I think my employees forget at least ninety percent of what I have yes. to Yes, that's what that's what I've noticed. But I think that's in my delivery. <laughs> uh, yes. But it used to be ninety-five percent. So I'm I'm improving. Yeah. Let's let's talk about training. Drew, um, <laughs> you've trained two two employees. You said is that right?
1: No, I have uh, five under
0: my belt. Oh, five. I'm sorry. I but two yeah. at the new center. Am I wrong on that? Did I
3: totally um, suppose that?
0: No, Kim had done two. Kim had two, and you had five. Okay, five, sweet. Yeah. That's more employees than I thought you had.
1: Yeah, I have... Um, right now, I currently have five. I trained like two That's other cool. ones, I'd say. I, I, and train. I use the term loosely. I was kind of learning myself. Right, I, you yes. know, at the beginning, for the first couple people, I was still figuring things out. And... um I I still try very hard to simplify every time I look at something or they ask questions. I try to say, okay, there's too much thought involved in this. I need to figure out how to make this easier. Cool.
0: Um, I love that.
1: Yeah. But, um, I struggle with it. It's not the easiest thing in the world. It's new to me. I haven't had the opportunity to train 10,000 people. So, um, I, I think I can learn a lot this episode. Definitely. It's, um, it's something that we have to do, especially if you have a small float center like I do. Mm-hmm. And I do need the help. I can't do it all myself. And there's a lot that goes into that, even psychologically, giving up control and allowing someone else to represent you and your float center. So um, I'm learning how to how to adjust to dealing with that. And
0: I think I get better with each person that comes through. I'm sure. I hate to jump too far ahead, but um, you're talking about streamlining, I think is such an important concept if I can step back and tell a little bit about my own history, when I, like, one of my first adult jobs was working in a call center, bringing ATMs back online um, that were not functioning. And uh, there was no documentation on how to do that. Everybody just kind of learned over time how all these different systems, some were dial up some were, well, I won't, I won't get into it, it, Base24 and Epic, the ATMs, and um, there were just all these different styles. And, and nobody really thought there was any... I don't know math isn't the right word, but organization to it or like flow charts. And that's exactly as a trainee, what I started doing. And I would note the exceptions and then later deep dive into those. And I started presenting them to my bosses and it was actually kind of a lame thing because they shot me down uh, when I first started doing that. Cause I think I was just too new and they thought I was showboating, but eventually they, they got what I was doing and um, that actually became my whole job was just documentation because I just started creating the intranet website for, for it. And, um, all of a sudden, when we had trainees coming in, they had a real simple A plus B equals C flow chart to go down. And I think that's super helpful if... Now, I, I know, like, giving an intro, you want it to be a jazz exercise and you want to feel it and you want to be going out on these different notes and, and all these different movements, but at the same time, you do need to know what's happening, right? Like the other employees in the building need to know what's happening and you need to know that they have all the information by the time the intro is done. And I think just that could be a piece that you're training with, but also cleaning the rooms, everything. There's a spine. There's this fundamental thing that goes through everything that they need to know and you have to streamline it, right? It's not all these different possibilities. It's here are the fundamentals and then these offshoots, We'll we'll get to those and over time, you can learn those. We'll document it. But what's the, what's the foundation of what you need to know? Because how much time do you spend training? Maybe that's where we should start. We, we spend about two weeks training uh, our employees. What about you guys? A couple months, if not more. I, I'm so overly cautious about it
1: that even when I start to leave them alone, I literally get in my car, drive around the parking lot, and sit there. And I wait I, I do that like multiple times until I'm comfortable that, okay, they'll be able to handle any issues.
0: I'll,
1: I'll watch people go in. I'll watch there may be some help for you. Oh, you? <laughs> I need it. I need it. I, but yeah, I, I've heard people two weeks, like Dylan, that's in my mind. It, if I brought in some of these people who know nothing about floating and left them after two weeks, I would be worried about my business with how new it is in this area and people constantly coming in saying, what is this? And the person yeah. who, only has two weeks of experience, I'm relying on explaining how the filtration system works. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that scares me, so I don't go that
0: quick. You know, And, and that probably has to do with our scheduling as well. Like how many staff do you have on a, at any time? A new trainee is almost always going to be paired with a veteran employee, and if anything, might have an hour by themselves without that. And that's our big thing is can they spend an hour by themselves? Are they that trained up to that point where they could spend a small gap of time answering the phones and helping people in? Not not getting people into tanks and not cleaning rooms, just a gap of time while people are in float tanks.
1: So that's a good point, Dylan. I am by myself and I'm close to having some, I told somebody two days ago, eventually you're going to be doing this. You're going to be doing the training. So I'm getting close oh, nice. to that point where I can then bring in new people and say, Hey, go with this guy. He knows what he's doing or nice. go with this girl. She knows what she's doing. Right. So yeah. So that's a good point to make. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Gloria.
2: Yeah, so as far as Float 60 is concerned, it's, it's definitely evolved over time. I think in the beginning when I was there with the opening team in River North, I spent, you know, a good month to a month and a half kind of going through all the details of training. You know, what was very eye-opening for me was the ramp-up period. You know, when we were under construction, I had time to kind of put – ideas and topics into place from a guest service perspective but didn't at all pay attention to the cleaning hmm. side or the you know because we didn't know what to do or what to expect oh, funny, at that point. right we had an idea <laughs> but you train very differently before you're open than after you're open oh, it's a completely so different training plan <laughs> never thought about that yeah yeah so um i think you know the gap that we've had is in the very beginning, I was immersed with that opening crew, and my director was there to kind of take on the opening training that I delivered as her own. And over time that goes by, the more turnover you have, I think that initial messaging gets really diluted, right, to where it gets much more tactical and clean and filtration-oriented. Um, so that's my experience just because we've grown faster than i expected i think now that i've don't have a construction hat on i'm now being very, spending a lot of time really developing a whole comprehensive training program but to answer the question i think it's mm-hmm. you know a couple weeks that you're buddied up and then you know you let the ducks fly baby ducks <laughs>
3: Um, right now, I have a six month map, and that six month is various degrees though so, um mm-hmm. at some point in there, someone will be able to be left alone by themselves or Um, you know, be able to do certain tasks on their own. So I think that's a really important distinction. And it it is so different for small businesses. And, you know, all of these different variables that we're talking about is, you know, is somebody else there with them? Um, Are they expected to run the whole show by themselves? All of those really have to be considered when you're thinking about how to train somebody. And so we've broken it down into kind of the different topic categories. But within that category, there could be 10 different things that they need to know, but only the first one to get started, and then maybe the you know number eight, nine, and ten are a little more advanced or things that don't come up as often, but they will come up at some point. And then at some point, you know, how much responsibility are you giving to your team, and and how much you know customer service empowerment are you giving them? Are are you still wanting to hold on to all of those like uh, challenging customer service issues? Do you want them to feel empowered to take care of it? So all of those really determine you know how much you need to train somebody and and when they need that knowledge. Um, And so, you know, our our bare bones program of like just to get somebody up and running is about three weeks, Um, and that includes, you know, front of house. We also have the Salt Cave, our, you know, the float side, um, Mm -hmm. all of the sort of also understanding how we fit into the overall dynamic of the building that we're in, and you know, the six other businesses that are there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a, you know, a tiny little portion of it, but it's still something that people need to know and understand because those businesses do have an impact on us. Of you know, things like we have to close down for a day because there's this huge workshop happening upstairs or, um, you know, some of those sorts of things that um, are just little nuances. Um, But then adding on more responsibility, adding on more expectation, you know, over time and also making sure that the employee feels fulfilled in that program that um, I'm able to check with them and see like what is going to make you happy to stay here long-term and making sure that I'm able to train them on those things as well um, you know, later down the road.
0: Got it. Wow. I love that ongoing education. Mm -hmm. What what a great smart move. Mm Um, I, I, gosh, hearing you talk, I feel like we're so inadequate all of a sudden, like we have what I would consider organic training that happens afterwards, like while you're sitting with somebody and as things Mm -hmm. come up, but man, actually structured, like this is the next tier, this is the next Mm -hmm. tier. And like, maybe you get a pay raise once you get to this tier, like being able to Oh, nice. Great. Mm-hmm. I, um, I really like that.
3: Yeah. And, you know, I had created a program um, in my last company that we, we basically we called them skill sign offs. And you weren't allowed to do something until you'd received your skill sign off. And the skill sign off wasn't a certification that you were able to do it. It was just saying you knew where to find answers if you didn't know it off the tip of your tongue, where to go to find, you know, um, solutions, what the basic kind of most common information would be. And then, um, the, you know, just going through a couple of scenarios whether it was a checklist or sitting down with an employee or completing an online course or just some kind of basic information, um, and then kind of growing it from there, but there, but that skill sign-up was just the first, Hey, we know, you know, the basics now you can practice doing it, you know, when you're supervised. Um, and I think that's a really good way to look at it is like, you don't have to teach somebody everything like, like Drew was saying, like filtration system, you know, Week one, your new employee doesn't really need to know the mechanics of the system. And so it's really trying to find when, especially if you've got somebody who is fairly new to floating, but they have a great, you know, customer outlook, Mm -hmm. dumping all of the technical stuff on them right out of the bat, like right out of the gate, they're just going to kind of fizzle and panic and run. So, So, Kim,
1: do you think I'm doing it wrong if I have everyone start with cleaning?
3: Not necessarily. Um, And that's how we start. Yeah. That's how we start. Okay. Um, and and we've started yeah. very much the same way too. Because that <laughs> gets more people the are doing it this to, way. It's not yeah. wrong. <laughs> right? It's not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, it's not good wrong. Job.
0: Awesome.
3: Um, yeah, but you might find you know it it also depends on your need. If you've got somebody else at your center, you've got another employee, and those employees are rocking the cleaning side, but the person you just hired is you know kick-ass at customer service, and you start them cleaning you're gonna, they're gonna kind of get disengaged immediately, you know? Hmm. So it's also about like reading your employee and and knowing what makes sense. And so that's where you're like, I like the idea of freedom within a framework. You know, I've got this framework and these are the things I know we need to cover and I'm going to track it. You know, I've got a tracking system to make sure that we cover all of this stuff. It's recommended that we're going to hit this maybe on day three or day five, but maybe, you know, just by nature of our business, we, we, a situation comes up on, you know, day two and we're going to cover it then, or this particular person's already really great at this stuff and I don't need to spend so much time on it mm-hmm. to leave that on the list, um, for them to cover later, but go ahead and start hitting, you know, what's most relevant at that time. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it depends too, are you busy? Like, is your focus on sales more than it is, mm. um, you know, and, and customer service, or do you need the the cleaning side? So, I don't think there's ever a one size fits all approach and it takes different modalities. You know, I use, um, performance support checklists and guides and resources that people can go find an answer on their own. Um, and even something like the float collective or making sure they know like, here's how you get in touch with me if I'm not here, but if for some reason you can't get in touch with me, here's another float center owner who can, you know, maybe help you out on something. Um, so We we kind of have to think a little bit more about what training really means.
0: I've never gotten that call, Kim. What does that mean? What does that mean?
3: (laughs) Gloria's on my list. Don't worry.
0: It's good. Oh, I got to admit, that's that's a smart play.
2: That's a smart play. Um,
0: So, Gloria was nodding her head vehemently there. Uh, As far as as, if they're um, customer service centric, don't start them out on spraying vinegar water at the walls.
2: Well, and I'm nodding my head because I agree completely with it, but it's definitely not what we've ah, practiced. okay, interesting. And I think it's been, you know, in the absence of me mm. being involved, you know, your your initial plan of execution on how employees get trained and kind of looking for nuances within each person and modifying, it's very difficult to do that consistently when you've got different people, um, you know, working the, the training. So I'm not able to be there. With every new right. liar, um, or or any of them at this point, honestly, which is unfortunate, because I mean, um, I'm doing right? other things. But yeah, I mean, it's just the yeah. the nature of how things are, right? But um, going back to the concept of documentation and mm-hmm. online training, I've I've had an online training platform. Uh, I think I shared it with you before. Dylan. Teachable is the platform I'm using, and I've got pages of different topics with different sub topics underneath kind of as placeholders. And it's been probably two years that I've paid for that subscription. And literally just now I'm unleashing one of my team members to go and start documentation because we tried it. And then I think it gets overwhelming for certain people. And, you know, I keep wanting to delegate that to someone on my team to get started on the meet because I've already given, you know, I've done the meat now they have to do the potatoes (laughs) and it just hasn't happened. So I'm sitting here nodding my head. Oh my God. If the two of us could get (laughs) together. Oh, it'd be amazing. We could create this amazing training curriculum, but um, it's, it's tough because sometimes you, you just need people and you have to react and they don't get the training they need. And I don't think we can prepare them for all of the things that are going to happen in the boat tank environment without completely freaking them out yes, <laughs> right? yes. you just can't so and you just speaking of the right? freak out
3: um, I'll share a story about one of my interns you know we had a, a case where um, Graham was working and he had to and she was there with him he had to run to the store and was gone you know 10 minutes and we had folks in the tank. They'd just gotten in, so it was kind of what Drew was saying before. You get them in the tank and then, like, test them at that point. Well, we thought she'd be totally fine. And uh, <laughs> pure panic starts texting me within minutes, and, it, you know, it was a case where she was really, really great at cleaning, but we had not covered any customer service uh, stuff yet. Wow. And it just so happened that we had three cust- uh, three clients who all get out of the tank early, um and you know near the same time and she just didn't know what to do and i you know that's where yeah teach them to clean but the basic skill set of taking care of customers or answering the phone yeah right yeah exactly answering answering the the phone can
2: freak people out
3: it it absolutely can And, and especially if they're going through setting an appointment asking all the questions and making sure that somebody is you know it's a good time for somebody to float and um, all of those things that sound super simple to us because we've been doing it for a while can really throw somebody into a tailspin. Yeah,
2: it, it, sorry. Go ahead, Drew.
0: <laughs>
1: Do we I all just have gonna, something?
0: <laughs> I was just going to throw out a little
1: tip that when it comes to answering the phone, I actually will tell the people to go in the other room or I'll leave so that they don't feel nervous oh, with me being yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Because that also adds to the stuttering and the, yeah. uh, then you turn on I'm the not sure, camera. what do you want me to say? And, right, it's hard to say, say what you, how you say it, yeah. Yeah. but with you standing over there.
0: Sorry, mm-hmm. that's all I just wanted to add. Well, can uh-huh. I add, we, and this is something that we've had to correct, which is people were answering the phone how they wanted to. And it's, no, it's, thank you for calling the float shop. This is Dylan and you know that that's the script and it makes it a little bit simpler to answer the phone Then it isn't as much of what do I eat? like mm, um gives you some time
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, can i just ask yeah. um so as as
1: kim and gloria were talking one of the things that i have trouble with is time so i'm like i have a small float center i run it by myself i have a million things on my plate for me to sit down and write all this training stuff out i'm sitting here thinking well, this person I'm hiring doesn't know what a filter is. They don't know what a UV bulb is. They don't know what any of this stuff is. So I'm going to have to show them anyway. So why should I write it down if I'm going to have to show them anyway?
3: Mm-hmm. That's kind of
1: my, you know, well, thinking of that at this moment. And I don't have three places. So I'm guessing it is probably a good idea to write this down. Well, Even if you never have three places. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, first of all, um, Yes, busy is just the story of everyone's lives, right? So you just, you just have to resign yourself to the fact you do it once and you use many, right? The more I think if you write it down, and you spend the time initially to document things and kind of think them through, you save yourself so much time in the future. And you also give people something to digest. Um, even if you're, even if you're just sharing articles on floating for them to learn on their own, I mean, to me, the best place to send your employees to training if you've done a good job building your website is send them to your website, right? Find the FAQs, find why you should float, and if they can't figure it out from your website, then your website is not reaching your clients <laughs> the right way either, right?
3: That's great. Um, That's really good point. But again.
2: I'm saying this knowing I need to go back to the website and see if we've got everything right, covered. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, and it's a never ending thing. Cause as Kim said, there's always something else you can put down that wasn't in the script per se. But um, Kim, yeah, I, I think, if, like I said, we're three years in and we're nowhere close to being where we need to be.
0: That's funny. I feel like everybody feels like
3: that. Oh, Except absolutely. for Kim. Kim's ready to roll. I'm I'm still not yet. But I will say, Drew, every, think of it this way, every hour that you spend right now creating that training platform or documenting something is an hour that you don't have to spend later. And it starts to multiply every time you hire a new employee. And then once you've got five employees, that hour that you invested creating it was five hours. And then it just continues, you know, to, to steamroll from there. Um, I Kim, I, I know yeah. you
0: probably have some good science backing you up, but I'm gonna disagree anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so I don't think I don't necessarily think it's an hour to an hour. I think it's oh, no. people learn with different styles and Absolutely. and Drew's gonna show them what a UV bulb is no matter what, but mm-hmm. if they can see it and then read about it, then I feel like the retention rate is gonna increase even just a little yes. bit, it's gonna be better that way.
3: You're right. Um, it's definitely not an, an hour, hour to an hour. Um But
0: but, but eventually he's going to be training a manager or somebody else to do the training train, and train, then yeah. that's when it the, the yes. savings you're you're making money and <laughs> on,
3: and on top of that think about what if you forgot to cover that with somebody oh yeah checklist oh that's the other thing checklists are huge huge if you do two, nothing two else Two
0: separate docs by the
3: way yes if you do nothing else i highly recommend a checklist but my other like non-negotiable is a day one is not on site a day one is Let's sit down, have coffee, have lunch, talk, get to know each other. You know, if it's somebody that you have not met and you just bring them right in and start dumping, um, here's the paperwork you need to do as a new employee, here's everything here, and then, all right, let me show you everything. A tour is fine, you know, but take them to lunch. Like, go get to know people and then let them go float and go home. Kim, I don't take you my at people Eddie to Josh? lunch.
1: I make, yeah. and, I make them come in and watch the cleaning process. No. I don't take them to lunch. I say, are you sure you want to do this? And I show them how I clean and how I sweat and how it's a little frantic. Uh, and they just kind of watch.
0: Hero. And then I double
1: check.
2: You,
0: we gotta, this is what you want to do?
1: Okay, I actually, great.
0: I kind of agree with Drew on that, in that. like, when So we, all, we do always start with cleaning. On transitions anyway, like the first things you're doing is cleaning. And it's like if this is turning you off, Let's just stop it right now. If this is yeah. not for you, this is not for you. If folding towels is not your jam. Let, let's move on, right? That's, that is yeah. that is a large piece of it.
3: But hopefully so you guys like discuss that. those in your interview
0: process. Yeah, totally, yeah. You know? but, but so, so many interviews, there. so many interviewees are like,
3: oh, yeah, 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 because
0: they just want a right. job. And then they're like, oh, I don't really, this is not worth it for me.
3: Yes, and that's um, actually it's funny you say that because I'm I'm um, drafting some bullets right now. It'll eventually become an outline that becomes a video um, that's a day in the life. Um, oh, great! And great. it's you know going to be just this super super short video that you know throws out some numbers: how many towels you're going to fold, how uh, many wads of hair you're going to pull out of a filter, like, and just throw out what delightful. a real life day looks like. I and they that. have that before day one. That can cool. be something that you know somebody interviews you like their resume. Looks pretty good. Let's see if they, you know, are are good to go to the next step. You send them this video and say, like, what's what's next, you know? So you're not
2: into the whole approach of tricking somebody into the job, uh, you know? You know, okay.
3: <laughs> there's this weird thing called time, and you seem to run good out attention. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be super fun, though, you know, it's not a
0: year long contract. Yes.
2: We've
3: got. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. But there's, you know, it's so much of it, though, I think it's easy, and it's easy. You know, I come from 15 years, more than 15 years of experience in this industry, and um, it is really, really hard to boil it all down and to think about, you know, I mean, I'm used to creating training for thousands of people, and so to scale it back and know mm-hmm. that I'm going to have one to two people at a time. Where does it make the most sense? It's actually harder for me to some degree to be able to like pull back the reins because I have all these ideas about simulations and um you know, like I've actually started creating some of the simulations and they're so much fun. It's like a game. You have another
0: entire fake float center next door where you run
3: the (laughs) simulations? No, no, online. It's virtual. It's virtual. Cool, cool. And so like you have customer service scenarios that you're having to respond to, you know, online in an online course. Um, and so so much fun stuff. And I'm like, wait, do I really, do I uh, need to go there? Do I have time to go there? And, and you know. And
0: thinking about our listeners, yeah. I think most of them who don't have your background, it's yeah. a little bit more brass tacks. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. To do. Yes. Um, well,
2: and I would, I would interject this. You have such great vision of where we need to be. Right. Right? Good and way. you've done it before. I think... The challenge that we all have is that we as entrepreneurs now are doing everything, um, even w- with me, um, with 25 people at any given time I'm still feeling like I'm doing so much, even though they're doing so much in the float center it, it's just a matter of time before you have to make the decision, can I do all those things that in my vision I want to do it, what do you have to give up to do, to do that, and maybe it's Maybe it's not much, and you can afford to do that, when you do that, sh- like sharing it and selling it to the rest of the industry is yeah. huge. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you know, I'm, I'm sure people would love to have that as a service. Yeah. Um, enter Float 60. Yeah.
3: So, <laughs> I'll let you're you know. hired. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Brought to you by Art of the Float, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: but yeah, it. I mean, it, you, you're behaving like a big company, yeah. right? Yeah. Your visions are like a big company, and I, too, had those visions um, coming from huge documentation and online training and certifications and quizzes and tests. And, you know, the reality is, you know, you're a one-man circus 90% of the time and uh, you only do so much, right?
3: Yes, yes, yeah. And that's why truly a good checklist and take them out to lunch first.
0: That's so interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I would take employees for walks. That, yeah. That's what I would do. I'd, I'd take them for a couple couple blocks around the, the shop and talk to them I, about
3: <laughs> Sorry, I just why, why pictured you your employees
2: on leashes for a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're taking them <laughs> for yeah. walks. bring a baggie. Walk. That's right. What, you don't want me to <laughs> obey the leash law? The ordinance <laughs> very strict. Yeah. And these new employees, you can't trust them just yet. You got to keep them on a leash. A tight leash. So after you know taking people for a walk, getting that beautiful experience that I'm making sound a little bit bigger than we actually do because Kim makes it sound so awesome. uh, (laughs) Then, then we do get to the nitty gritty, but the transition time only is, you know, about 20 minutes of time. And then there's a lot of downtime. And for us, there is a lot of reading the manual, a lot of talking about customer service being number one, how we talk about a lot of things we've already kind of brought up, but like, why does somebody want to float? How do we answer the phones? Just like the kind of random basics. And then after the first week, uh, generally, depending on how somebody's doing, it it might be within just a few days, uh, depending on the trainee. um, Then they start shadowing the actual introductions uh, to floats and getting the, what does it actually feel like? Because they've already been reading the manual and like, okay, here's the structure outline of how an intro goes and our philosophy for it. Now you get to actually see it. Does that sound like your guys' strategy as well?
2: Yeah, I would say that's in alignment with, with how we do it, we um, definitely in the future are going to start to wait back to customer service. So the things you know, in my strategy aren't being executed, frankly. So I'm yeah. kind of in that process of retooling, like I said, I have a new person that's documenting what we're doing well and kind of mm. filling gaps with content and kind of redirection on what we need to improve on. So it's a little bit of a gap analysis slash new training tweak that we're in the midst of. Okay. Um, you know. So just taking it from there actually executing on it and then measuring I think is the whole other side. It's probably a training podcast part two. Can
0: you give me a how basic you, overview of how, how you do that?
2: Yeah. Well, again, idea and execution are kind of, <laughs> there's a gap between, right? Yeah. But having standards of customer service per se or what a set room looks like needs to be trained to before you can expect them. Once you expect them, you have to measure what they're doing, right? Because at the end of the day, you want to, in a year, look back and say, how did this person perform? The training comes first, right? Setting the example might come second by their coworkers and then measurement by their management is a critical piece that we're definitely lagging behind. So
0: that's, that's interesting because my, my instinct is, oh God, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the idea of grading them by, by numbers and, and doing that. But at the same time, I've heard the opposite from employees. They want to know where they yes. stand. They want to know where they can improve. Exactly. That, that's, that's really cool. That's really
2: you cool. know, they say a big employee satisfaction metric is, you know, understanding where they are. So if they don't get feedback on how they're meeting the standard or exceeding it or falling below it, they don't know where they are. They have no idea. So I, I think it's a big thing that probably is good for a future topic, um, but it's still just so early in the process because most of us are just training people new often. And, you know, it's, some people don't make it through the year,
3: <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah um, like I said, I mean, the two, like, biggest, most the easiest to implement are really get your checklist, take people out, get to know them, you know, and have that, that kind of one-on-one time. Um, But then when you're, you're thinking about how to train somebody, there's never the perfect way ever. Um, It's figuring out what you can do in the moment and knowing that that may be different. And, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit before there are so many different learning styles that sitting down and shadowing somebody will work for some people. But maybe not everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, it's always a good idea to at least have some bullet points that you know you want to cover. What are those key points that somebody could take away with them and you know have later? Um, and one thing that we really didn't talk about is having all of this training and having documentation and manuals with your policies and procedures is a huge value add to your business. That if something ever happened to your business or if you wanted to sell it, having that mm-hmm. information yes. ready, yes. you're you are putting yourself into such a different place. Um, Your valuation is way up just by having that ready. Good point. Mm Yeah. Good point.
0: Um, We also have training in the second week for opening and closing as well. Um, So showing up at 7 a.m. to get floats ready for the 8 a.m.s, and for staying after the last float to shut everything down um, so that every employee, at least in a pinch, has, has done that. They can always refer to the documentation while they go through it. We have the checklist in HELM so that they can... Feels so good. You get a little dopamine drip every time you click one of those little little red circles. It turns green, and um, so they they can do that as well. Uh, even even if that's they're going to be opener strictly, that's that's something they do. Um, gosh, there's something else I wanted to add to that. Um, I had an employee uh, quit based off working alone. That wasn't clear on hiring, and apparently it wasn't even clear during training. Um, and to some degree, I do go like. Hey buddy, like you should have woken up to that during your two weeks of training, um, because then they saw that uh Wednesday was their schedule, they're like, oh, there are gaps of time here when I'm working. But the real brass tacks of it is that was on me not making it clear from hiring and during training that you will be responsible for people in float tanks all by yourself. Very, you know, there's very small gaps of time, but it does happen. So um, that should should be covered. Maybe this is that maybe that's for the hiring episode, <laughs> but I think it's important for training as well. that they they need to know that's that's coming dylan i think that
1: points to the fact that you really want to communicate with the employees and how do you know that someone doesn't do well by reading and they do better by looking or they do better by looking and not so you ask you talk to them i think that's important hey does is this helpful what's helpful for you how will you learn best and have that open dialogue and be open to having some input and not just uh like Kim said, one person works well one way or learns one way and another person learns another way. So I think that's important as well is communicating. Mm -hmm. How is this going to work for you to understand this quickly and efficiently?
3: And to know that it's not a one-time event. Learning is not a Mm one-and-done. It is ongoing. You will have to repeat yourself a million times and just expect that, that it's okay. Like we have to be in the mindset that it's okay. They, they don't know what they don't know yet. And yeah. they're going to forget 80% of what you say. So know that you've got to reinforce it. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a good point, Kim, also that um, even I feel like I'm still learning. And I will adjust my intro based off of a new interaction that I had with a customer who, after I think I've seen it all, comes up with a new scenario that makes me think, oh, I should probably mention that. And now I'm covering, right? So things might change and adjust. And I feel like I'm learning along the way. And I try to also say that to the people I'm training. Hey, there might be situations we haven't covered. And I'm always, every now and then I'm amazed. Like, oh, okay. I never thought this would ever happen. And now we have a new situation that I don't necessarily have
0: an answer to. But we have to do our best to resolve it. You got it. How do you guys handle so I think we're kind of on this topic already, uh but in like the real direct you're you're training somebody or they're done train- i guess I mean you're training for a lifetime with Kim uh, so like, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a yeah. lifelong endeavor but but um what I mean to get at is let's say they're they're working their own shifts now, but you're noticing you know certain there are gaps like every time I go look at the rooms, I'm like, why are things over here and not over there like this isn't how we trained it's not you can look at the picture in the manual it looks different and sometimes I get irritated because I'm a human being and I want it a certain way for my clients right they're really important to me so how do you deal with communication to somebody who is let's say still new but or maybe even not we can we can go beyond that but somebody who's supposed to be trained up at this point but you're seeing gaps in what's going on how, how do you broach that what does that sound like Gloria Kim, Drew, I'm not really in. Just,
2: so I can speak to this. It just <laughs> happened to me yesterday. Um, uh, actually, today's yeah, yesterday. So um, yesterday I floated at the South Loop um, location, which is our newest one, and I floated. I did the sauna and I did the dry flotation technique. And I, damn, I had a great day yesterday. But a side note: After doing all that, I was very nice to people, <laughs> oh, which was probably a good thing because. Mm. When I got into the tank, it was extremely um, salty on the walls and it didn't feel like it had like the end of the night. Um, We we don't call it a deep clean per se, but it's like a mini deep clean. And so, you know, again, because I have a manager, I have to be careful to not immediately like say and, and kind of jump in and say, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. I needed to kind of check to see with my manager, like when is the last time we talked about how to get in and do the deep clean? When is the last time we, we actually measured it? When's the last time we talked about it with the group, right? Because if I just lashed out the way I wanted to, when I got out of the tank, which again was pretty modified. I'm super glad that I floated because by the time I got out of there, I was very prepared to have the conversation with the manager. right? And so, um, I think when you have the at least a supervisory level, you have to respect that channel, and at least get information before you address the team, or you have them address the team and you know actually ask them how should we address the team because mm-hmm. you know because I'm not there every day. I this wanted to awesome. respect his chain of command. Yes, that's right. Great. But at the same the time, I want to make sure done. he knows I'm prepared to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. I just need to know that they've been given the right direction before i go and lash out not lash out but correct coach whatever you want to call it it could feel
0: weird and then you're not sure who your boss is. it feels funny from that position. i've been yeah and i've done that in
2: the past so i'm a little sensitive to it i just Mm -hmm. i think that's something i really have to um be mindful of but at the same time you know there's certain things that do call out as almost emergency and you don't have time to go through that process right so um There are times where I'm going to say something and that's just because, you know, I have to. Right. Um, But yeah, I think it's it's um, all about did you give them the information properly in the first place to understand the standard? Mm -hmm. And if you didn't, you know, spending time on the standard is probably the best use of the time before you just immediately go after the person. But, you know, depending upon the severity, you might need to address it right there.
1: Yeah, glorious. Sometimes people just might get lazy, right, and they need to exactly. be checked. That's yep. also a, a
2: yes. possibility. as they do in uh, New Hampshire, you need to just check them. Check them once in a while. <laughs> get the hockey stick and just yeah. check them.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I would definitely, if if like that happened to me, I'd say, "Why is there salt on there?" You know, I'd come back with some type of question when I notice things that are different. I'd say, "Why did you do that?" I'm okay with people doing things a little different. But I want there to be a reason. If the reason is just because, that doesn't fly with me. I want it to be a reason that is beneficial to the customer who's coming in and paying sixty-nine dollars to float. It's all about them. It's not about easy for you or this was quicker or easier. Uh-uh. That's not how it goes. So I definitely take input, but I want to know what were you thinking that made you do it this certain way, right. or did you just forget something? Yeah. But, you know, and that goes back to communicating and having that conversation.
0: I've started unplugging a piece of my brain so like I don't so I'm not engaged with them on a personal level. I get into like a really soft place and just say, I noticed this and you know I'd like uh, like to see it this way or can you do this? Something like that. And then I rage internally afterwards like <clears> God
1: <"Ugh, throat> it's
0: just a, and sometimes it makes it home and I need to vent to Sandra, but usually it's gone really fast and they just got, like, a clear, clean communication, right? Like, it was just about the event and not, like, my... (laughs) <laughs> you know, because I feel those things. And like you said, like, I do truly believe in it being the employee, like everything starts with the employee and the employee experience that emanates outward to the customers. But in the end we are serving the, the customers, right? And if, if it, if people are cutting corners, getting lazy, that kind of thing, that's different. You know, we, we got to nip that in the bud. Uh, does anybody else do that though? Cause that's what I found myself doing. Yeah, i mean,
3: I'm curious I if it's say... healthy or not. I don't know. It kind of varies depending on if it's the first time it's happened or if this is a trend, Mm -hmm. you know, and and definitely the first time being, you know, a little softer and like, hey, I noticed such and such happened. Tell me, you know, what's up. But if it's a trend, it it could be that they're getting lazy, but it could also be that maybe they don't have enough time to do a turn. There could be some kind Mm -hmm. of a legitimate issue that... Um, you need to troubleshoot. And so trying to figure out what is causing that performance gap between your expectation and what they're actually doing. And um, it could be they didn't know that they were supposed to use a certain tool or, you know, it could be a lot of different things. And so, you know, opening up that just discussion to say, I've noticed that this has happened um, the past couple of days that I've been in here or XYZ and tell me about what's going on here Um, because we talked about this before and it's still happening. Do you have what you need Is it, you know, too tight of a turn and just starting kind of opening those questions.
0: What I'm hearing in your voice is curiosity, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. coming at them, not angry. I'm curious about this. Can we talk? Can I hear from you about this? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Which sometimes isn't an answer you're not going to hear. You will get an honest answer. Like
3: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm tired. I'm not a night person. I need to Mm -hmm. be in mornings. Um, Is like, I do get kind of lazy because that's who I am. Like, oh, well, you're great. Otherwise let's get you on mornings and not evenings. Yeah. Yeah. Drew, uh, you know, I, I
1: could
3: just... He's still checking if, somebody.
0: No, if, if one of my employees said, I'm kind of lazy, i am like, yeah, okay, we're good.
1: We're all
2: I done know. There. I was thinking...
0: <laughs> you will be surprised. Over time, I think you'll be surprised because you, you will have some rock stars that just die in the evening time and and others who can't wake up to open and, mm-hmm. and they're killer in the evening. And mm-hmm. you just... You find those people and you plug them in where it works. I, I mean, especially when they have history with you and it's working. All right. We're going to, we're going to start going off the rails. This is getting ridiculous. Okay. Uh, I don't even know why why people are laughing anymore. Let's, uh, these are so surface level. I feel like we have so much more deep diving to do in all these different topics. Um, but, uh, we've, we've got, we've got more to, more, more to cover. I don't know what's happening anymore. Uh, Before we go, I want to thank Float Away. Float Away supports the show. They've supported us since Volume 1. supported us since Episode 1, if you can go all the way back there. Float Away now has a manufacturing uh, base out of the USA, which means they can get you parts and tanks way quicker than they used to back in the day. They've got 10-foot float around pools they have cabins tranquility float tanks they can get starlights in the ceiling it's pretty phenomenal the array of float tanks that they have and how they can provide for different float centers Uh, but uh, go to floataway.com check out what they've got and talk to Ginny and colin because they're such amazing people and they love to help people open float centers in addition to making float tanks uh, and they really do create some incredible float tanks so again floataway.com is where you want to go I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you so much. Hopefully you got a few gems out of this as we've been brainstorming our different philosophies for training. And thanks to people who are supporting us on Patreon. It means a lot to us, help support the show, put some wind in our sails. And uh, hopefully it's not just to support us, but also hopefully you're enjoying uh, the uh, products and services you can get through Patreon. So thanks again. We're available for consulting, outofthefloat.com forward slash consulting. And uh, thank- <laughs> I got I to gotta start changing this. Thanks to Kim for taking our show notes live on the <laughs> podcast while being a guest on or a guest host on the, or just host on the show. Thanks, Kim.
3: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> nice. That's what I'm looking for. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next week.